Hi, this is Rhythm, and we're here with Rhythm and Words, and... Status Flow. Static Flow. <laughs> and Static Flow. So today we'll be reco- uh, interviewing Pastor Johnny Jackson. How you um, doing? A man of valor. A man of valor. Um, and it'll be Ace who will be doing the interview. Hey, how you doing? Hey. So, um, my name is Ace. I'm a part of Static Flow, and we're going to start the interview. So, um, Pastor, who are you? I am who I am. <laughs> nah, let me quit joking with you. I'm Pastor Johnny Jackson, the pastor of uh, Togetherness Missionary Baptist Church. Okay, and how do we, where is the church? How do we get in contact with you? Oh, okay. The church location is uh, 4105 Ashland, uh, St. Louis, Missouri, 63115. Okay, so, um, what was your life like before being a pastor? Oh, uh, oh Lord, before <laughs> I was a pastor, uh, are you talking about before pastorship or just before church? Before church. Before church. Uh, before church, I was the typical young uh, black male in the urban city who made the uh, mistakes uh, that most children made who grew up in the 80s and early 90s. Uh, the people who you looked up to was different than the people who some folks look up to now. So I was that child who got caught up in that whole, uh, that negative uh, drug atmosphere, if I can say it like that. Okay, okay. And um, do you think this is what inspired you to become a writer? Uh, well, two things. God called me to preach and pastor. Before I was doing poetry, I yes, I wrote it out of uh, my heart for us, how I was feeling. I write poetry for us, uh, the stage of emotions that I'm at at that time. Mm-hmm. And um, if you can, like, is there a specific experience that helped you decide that I want to become a pastor? No, God called me. Uh, for instance, I was partying on a Wednesday and then that Friday just say God called me. So a lot of times, uh, all the time, God calls individuals, it doesn't matter what state that they're in. So did I want to pass a No. But am I glad I'm pastoring? Yes. So, what do you love most about your job? As a pastor? Yes, as a pastor. Uh, helping people, uh, helping people reaching out to society. Part of my vision is uh, to equip the youth and the elders in the community. Uh, helping people because I destroyed so many families uh, in an inner city in my uh, old life. So it's like pressing my heart to do more and more. Uh, for it, so that's one of the biggest things. Well, that's one of the things I love to do is just help out now. Okay, so um, off of that topic, could you like describe <laughs> what it was like to go through that change from your how you were before the church to during the church and becoming a pastor? Ooh, uh, the change was there because. Naturally, I'm a good person, but when put in a corner, a different person may come out. 
before us making that transition. Again, I was raised in a church, uh, left the church, went to the streets. So I was saved, just making bad decisions. So I eventually God was gonna call me back home. Man. So the transition was rough, but I was destined to be where I am now. Okay, okay. Um, so regarding the Bible, can you like summarize or describe like your favorite <laughs> book of the Bible or how it makes you uh, feel? All the Bible is my favorite book. Mm -hmm. uh, not just uh, different poets because when I read it, either the Old Testament or the New Testament, all of it uh, stirs up my spirit. So, but however, I do like it, the scripture where it say, uh, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen. Whenever things get down and, uh, they, you know, I'm going to say a little depressing, I just think about the goodness of God and it always lifts me up. So, what does it mean to be a pastor? Mm. To serve. It's not so much the leadership, it's the serving of people. Most people outside looking in thinking pastorship, pastoral, being a pastor is to lead but it's really serving the people. If you find a, a pastor who's not serving his people, my opinion, he's not a pastor. Okay. So, um, what does like serving the people look like for you? How uh, going into the community, uh, going into the shelters, uh, nursing homes, feeding the people in the community. Uh, going to visit again the sick, the shed in, uh, giving them the word of God, going to the hospitals. Uh, as they say, if you have to give your coat off your back, even doing that without expecting anything in return, that's the key right there. Or you willing to give your mind, body, soul, and spirit, you know what I'm saying, to help get someone saved. Uh, and not want anything back in return. You understand that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, um, it's kind of a off-topic question, but how do you feel about Christian rap? Uh, at first, I didn't like it because the message wasn't right. Um, I'm a young pastor, but I was taught by traditional deacons. I love old school gospel songs. Uh, I didn't like the gospel rap at first because it sounded like the regular uh, hip hop. Mm -hmm. But when you have certain people starting uh, making their lyrics better, I start being a little more accepted to it. So it's mainly about the lyric to me and what they saying. Okay. Yeah. And um, when we talked about like serving people, like uh, the previous question, like is there, is this stuff just, just like people can do without becoming a pastor? Because I just wanted to know like, yeah. this is just regular Everyone, stuff, right? everyone can go and uh, God commissioned everyone to do it. The Bible says when Jesus said, 
Go ye therefore into all nations. So he commissioned everyone to do it. However, a true pastor, anyone who's called to be a leader is a servant first. Mm -hmm. I can't follow you through the storm if I haven't seen you going through a storm before. You, you, you understand? So if I haven't seen you uh, going and do all these things, you know, uh, going to visit people in the hospitals and everything, how can you lead me if that's something that I know I need to have in the future? It'll be hard. It'll be hard. So, but to answer the question, anyone can do it. So, how does it feel to be a father to other people besides your children? Oh, it's a blessing. Because I love kids. I love uh, children naturally. Uh, most individuals who had their childhood taken from them, a lot of times, uh, they have a tendency of wanting to do more for the young youth because they experience something which caused their youth to be taken away. So I, I love doing it uh, to see individuals smile and also be something for them that they're missing out of their life. So I get a joy out of it. And then plus I wanted a lot of kids anyway, so <laughs> I wanted a big family. So it's, yeah. yeah. So. Um what version of the Bible do you use and could you explain why? King James Version because that was the original text uh, that it was translated in. Mm -hmm. Other versions I use in case I need to uh, break down some or just get a different viewpoint if I'm trying to convey a certain type of uh, meaning, but I use the King James Version. Okay. And, um, is there a message that you want to give to the people listening about um, like why they should join church or when they should start their journey of changing from that old uh, self to a more spiritual version of who they are? Where people mess up at is that they looking for other people to change them instead of God changing them. It's nothing that I can say to you or do to you to get you to change. So the only thing, one of the messages that I would tell an individual is get to learn, learn yourself. Once you learn yourself, you will understand uh, what it would take for yourself to overcome. A lot of times we, we do things out of reaction to learning ourselves. One of the things I had to do was learn myself. Once I learned myself, I understood my do's and don'ts. And once I understood my do's and don'ts, I understood that I needed a closer relationship to God so I won't fall back in that stage that I was in. So my message is learn yourself. Learn yourself. And so um, as a pastor, you will have to like develop messages for every yeah. Sunday. How do you come up with the message? The Spirit of God. Uh, because a corner-minded man understanding not spiritual things. So in order for me to convey a message uh, to a group of uh, saved folks, it has to be the Spirit of God speaking through me. Other than that, it'll just fall by the wayside. How do you get in touch with the Spirit of God? What is the Spirit of God? Uh, 
Every believer is sealed with the Spirit of God. When Jesus said, I will send you another comforter who will bring to remembrance whatsoever things I have said and done, that's the Spirit of God that dwells in every believer who believes. And that's the Spirit of God when it say, quench not the Spirit. Uh, when you as a believer know you're doing something wrong, then you just feel something in your gut just turning, not your conscience, because your conscience can change. But the Spirit of God is going to always kick against sin. Okay. That's the difference right there. Okay. Um, so, did we talk about his occupation before he uh, became a pastor? What were you doing before you were a pastor? I was caught up again in that... Uh, and that lifestyle that most young people watching the movie Scarface and everything okay. and uh, caught up in that era right there. Caught up in that era right there, whereas instead of trying to struggle and make it through, you know, we want to uh, find the fastest way to make money. We want to try to find the fastest way and make money. The money, it comes fast, but the consequences behind it is detrimental. What is the best advice that you would give to the young people? Again, uh, first of all, obey your parents. Okay. Uh, you don't know more than your parents because, the, first of all, they gave birth to you. There's nothing that you know that they don't know and have an experience. And then, secondly, uh, when times get hard, uh, Talk to your parents. I'm going to always say uh, go to your parents because your parents is, is their best teacher. Right. Amen. Or if your parent is not there, find someone who you feel is uh, a God-fearing person. Or even if they're not a God-fearing person, someone you know living a good life so, you can, so they can mentor you. Uh, again, I'm a true believer in learning yourself. Okay. okay. Uh, what does it mean to fear God? Oh, the fear of God is the beginning of uh, understanding. It's, it's, it's wisdom, meaning we, freak, we we may be walking down the street and we see a dog, we are going the other side of the street. Or some of these big old bobcats, or you see someone, a group of girls or a group of boys, you're going the other side of the street or you are turning around. They are human, they're flesh. They can die just like us. The Bible speaks about don't fear the person who can kill your body, fear the individual who can kill your body and soul. So therefore, the fear of God, meaning you just reference God, giving God his reference because he created you. That's what that means. It's not to be scared, it's just to give him his reference. Like, God, you greatest. God Almighty, you the best. So once you give him, his reference or his glory was due, he had continued to bless you. What what was it like doing that transition? Because when you transition <laughs> from Christ to, when you transition from the streets to Christ, you have to deal with peer pressure, you have to deal with, oh, I got saved with the Holy Ghost and I'm thinking things gonna change overnight and then reality hits you that you have to deal with your reality. I, I, I see, you push it, huh? Uh, Truth of the matter is, is that uh, once you lose your self-respect, mm -hmm. 
there is no lower you can go. Once people start looking at you uh, uh, in a sense that they don't want to be around you, it should bring some type of shame to you. So coming to Christ, most people use it as a last resort. Yes, the transition was hard. But when you say, I don't want to go back down that road no Amen. more, there is nothing no one can say or do to get you, you to turn that. around. <laughs> okay. You know, I don't care if you call me a church folk, but that's okay. This church folk may not go back to jail again. Amen. I don't care if you call me a Bible thumper. That's okay. This Bible thumper is not getting high anymore. Amen. Amen. I don't care if you call, say, uh, you different now. You stay in the house now. It don't matter. I'm not robbing people. Amen. I'm not get, getting put Amen. in jail. Amen. And I'm not away from my family. So, therefore, the transition was hard, but you have to understand what you have to lose. Okay. And also, are you tied? Of being in that in that negative state, that's the that's the thing. You really have to be tired. That's what's gonna make the transition work for you. A lot of people say they tired, but they ain't. So they transition it really never happens. But you have to really want it. You really do. Whereas you don't care what nobody say, think, how they look. I don't care if I only have one shirt. One pan, one shoe. I'm going to wear that every day, going. going to church, going to work, before I get back there and sell drugs or whatever again. You, you understand mm -hmm. it now? Because I understand uh, there's a greater joy in Christ. Okay. Well, you say you're dealing with poets, and <laughs> I heard that you was a poet, or you're a rapper. You, you know, you had this flow. And you have something written for us. Oh man, there you go. Uh, yeah, I, I I used to do poetry in the nineties. Okay. I had a record label and everything. However, it's been a while since I did poetry. But, but, <laughs> but this is a challenge. I still think none of them can mess with me. Uh -uh. Don't do that. So Don't what we have going like on? I still think none of these static flow. It's calling out static flow for an old school versus new school. What's the thing? It ain't gotta be a old thing. school Problem. versus new school. He said school. himself hooked. Don't saying, do yourself like I, that. I, I'm telling you, I, I, like I said earlier, I can whoop them in four to six balls. And I asked him how many heroes after that. Four to six <laughs> balls. Pastor Jackson has called out static uh, flow. We yeah. don't even need four to six balls. We I, just need one word. I have a uh, old poem. <laughs> Power. Period. I, I, <laughs> I have an old poem that uh, okay. I was trying to remember that I wrote years ago. Uh, I haven't said this in a long time. Uh, it was in my stage during the transitioning part of had gives you an idea of who I once was. Okay. It says. Uh, as my trials, tribulations, and temptations started to take effect, I started living my life in a rage, build up on anger. The world wasn't ready for me yet. All right. See, while I was losing my rage, I was lost in all my sins. I've lied, cheated, steal, killed, and deceived my family and friends. But you would ask, what type of man would call such affliction upon his kind? I would ask and say, the one who denied Jesus, 
then pick up his cross and will say, the world is mine. I don't know, y'all may have some competition. That's a challenge. I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I still don't see it. That was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was excellent. I love it. But me, I crush you. That, I crush you. That was good. just that it's was a, just I, nah. a few little static flow, y'all. And it still couldn't reach my level <laughs> though. A, a few like little. I could see it. Just a startup. You can participate in this. It's just it can, the it can be a startup, but if it starts from there, you ain't gonna never catch up. That's just I'm a startup. That was that just. No hey, no sauce. No, that's an all sauce. We gonna crush them. Okay, uh -uh. so this this is where we going next. So today uh, we have Pastor Johnny Jackson. We're going to be interviewing uh, Comfort today as well. She's a part of Static Flow. So we're going to start introducing you guys to Static Flow. And we're going to talk about peer pressure. Uh, we'll have our interview with Comfort a little later, but our subject is peer pressure. No, you can participate as well. If you're having a conversation. Yeah, we need some low uh, What is peer pressure? Do, can, do, who got to like it? Go ahead. Okay, so peer pressure is basically your friends trying to get you to do something or believe a certain way because even though you don't want to do that or you feel like it's not right or you're on the fence about it and they're telling you, you can do this, you can do that. I did it, I did it, you can do it too. It's like the phrase where your mom asks you, if somebody jump off a bridge, you are you gonna do it too? Monkey see, monkey do. Yeah, monkey see, monkey do. And if you do give in to peer pressure, that's what it is. Monkey see, monkey do. That's Ace's opinion. So when you get ready to talk, say who you are. And, oh, you know, yeah, I just mean. so, cause with this, this, this they gonna only hear us. So a, a lot of times also, oh, I'm sorry, peer pressure is, is just trying to fit in. A lot of times we do things just trying to fit in. Uh, a lot of clothes we buy is just trying to fit in. The way we express ourselves or act is just trying to fit in, just to get people to notice us, to say that we act like them. And that's our biggest mistake. We're trying to act like them instead of being our self. Right. And to reiterate, once you go back to learning yourself and knowing yourself, peer pressure can't bother you. That's why I always say, like, people have an identity crisis. Yep. Because if you can see one person get an outfit, then the whole Facebook have the same outfit. The same outfit. Like, one person got some Jordans and everybody went and got Jordans. You know, yeah, the same hairstyle, just the same everything. And my thing is, I don't want to fit in. Bingo. Because that means, like, if one person jump off the bridge, you are jumping off the bridge with them. Mm -hmm. You're doing what they're doing, which makes you their puppet. You know, when you give a person that much control over yourself, you're a puppet. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So, uh... I, a lot, in a lot of my poetry, I speak about identity crisis. I'm guilty of giving in to peer pressure. I'm guilty of having a, an identity crisis. I'm guilty of those things. I've been young. I've seen adults that do the same thing now. Uh, as an adult, they still don't have an identity. 
because at a young age they gave in to peer pressure. So if you give in to it, it's, it's going to come a time where you have to break that cycle. It's, it's, it's not easy, but it's possible. Anybody else? What is peer pressure to them? Say who you are when you say it. Um, my name. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm Jada. And I think peer pressure is like, well, it depends on the person. I feel like the definition depends on the person. Because some people can think that peer pressure is being pressured into doing something that you don't have the confidence to do. But your confidence was boosted by somebody else to do the thing. Or... <clears throat> You didn't want to do it, and you did it because everybody else did. So I feel yeah. like peer pressure is based on the person. Yeah, fitting in. And then you have to understand, if you ask every individual here, who are they? One of the things I ask individuals when I talk to them or counsel them is, say that if you are a, a cookie salesman, the first thing you will do is, Describe that cookie is soft, is chocolate chip, is moist. Y'all understand what I'm mm-hmm. saying? To get me to buy it. Right. How, again, how can you know what you want if you don't know what really gets you upset? If you don't know uh, what's your calling out of life? Meaning, what is it that you like to do instead of a hobby? What is it that you gifted to do instead of what you like to do? You, you understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? What What is it uh, uh, that motivates me? Most people do not know. So therefore, it's easy to fall into peer, peer pressure because you're trying to figure out yourself. Again, if you know yourself, you can't figure out. Most people got high because, oh, we thought that was cool. Because he was doing it. He was doing it. It had nothing to do with you. Most people get tattoos, not for themselves, just so everybody else. You, you understand? I got but, tattoos because I seen them on somebody else. Yeah, and, and because. That's my first right. tattoo because somebody else. And then the sad part about that is we be forgetting that even on your body. Why? Because. I got to cover it up. Yeah, it's, it doesn't benefit you because it's not the essence of who you are. Definitely. Once you learn who you are, we will, again, peer pressure will not uh, bother you. And I'm going to take it a little farther. In relationships, if you really know you like that man or that woman, that little boy or that little girl, you're not pressured to go outside of it because you understand the connection you all have. See, the problem with that is that why these little boys or these little girls hurt each other now because they don't understand that connection. They think because other people' relationship is like this, ours have to be like this, so it's creates some type crisis. of pressure yeah. for them to, to be something like they, they perform. We don't know what they doing to make their relationship like that. We see them in front of open doors. We don't see them behind Back clothes. They probably door. beating up on the side of her head or something. Or but she we don't know. And like I said, if you're right. saying couple goals and they dope dealer, and nah, baby, there ain't no couple goals. Cause he gambling. He gambling with his life. With, he is in your life. You know. So my like for for me, as a, when I was younger. Uh, I think I was about 17. And I never forget this. I, I got to give this story. <laughs> and uh, I was disobedient, disrespectful child. <laughs> I was. And uh, I was in a, sh- a shelter with, for women and children. I had two kids at 17. And I wanted to fit in with the little girls. I wanted to fit in with them. 
And they all had on like these liberty dresses. <laughs> and we trying to get on the bus to go to Northwest Plaza. And I, I, I'm trying to carry this buggy, but pull this dress down. At the same time. And I was so uncomfortable. And I said to myself, then I don't wear short clothes. I don't wear I don't wear anything that I'm uncomfortable in. I'm not being uncomfortable to fit in with anybody. I just right. knew then that I wasn't a follower. Do you know when we got to that mall because we went to the mall, the one girl got caught stealing the blame on the other girl? Wow. But I needed to see those things. I needed to see that. She was a pregnant girl. She was stealing stuff. So when she had her babies, I, Ruth, and, Ruth and Felicia, I never forget them girls' name. Mm-hmm. Ruth, if you out there, girl, you quit stealing. Because <laughs> if she ain't changed, she still is. You silly. Uh, to go off with my name is Ace. I'm from Static Flow. To go off with Jada and the, um, everybody else was saying earlier, like one of my experiences, like a positive experience, like what Jada was talking about, was like my freshman year. I was really afraid to like go up on stage and read my poetry because I felt like it wasn't good enough, and I didn't have the confidence to stand in front of everybody because mine were like really personal and like opened up to them like that. But like after doing that, I wasn't the only one who felt like that. Like Comfort was there, Rachel was there, and I was like, okay, I finally like got the courage. I did some study and I was like, I'm gonna try to do this the best I can. If I mess up, that's what happens, you know what I'm saying? I just gotta fix it later. And I ended up doing it and I fell in love with it. Like I found out this is my hobby, this is what I wanna do. Like even though I was really anxious and like, highly like, I don't know, I feel like I kept shaking, but when I got up there, and even though nobody like clapped or like snapped during it, I still felt like what I did was, was good, good enough. Like I liked yeah. it. it. You know what I'm saying? I had fun with it. And one of my negative experiences with um, peer pressure was when I was in like middle school. I went to Yateman and, and like SLPS, that's, you did some? Yeah. Oh, okay. And SLPS, that's like one of the probably worst schools that people say in St. Louis, but like, um, I, the people, it. yeah, the people that I used to hang around, they weren't, to me, they weren't bad people, but like, when we would hang out by, um, O'Fallon Park, they'd be like, oh yeah, let's go Vaco hopping. That's where, like, you go inside the vacant houses, you mm-hmm. do whatever. I never did that because I had a, one of my friends, she, people would talk about her saying that they went to the Vaco house and did stuff, mm-hmm. bad stuff. And because of that, because of having her around me, I knew I didn't want to be seen as that. I knew I didn't want to be like, oh my gosh, people starting these rumors about me, da 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 Now, I understand that like you can't always listen to rumors, but at the same time, I knew that was not a good rumor. Not, not in any good. way, shape, or form. And I did not want to be identified as that. So the people she hung around, I didn't hang around them. And I had to eventually divide myself from her. That's Definitely. right. But yeah. it took some time because she was one of my, I had two friends in sixth and seventh grade, two friends that I always talked to. She was one of them. And at first, I would stay friends with her until like eighth grade year. And something happened to where she just flipped the script and we ended up fighting at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And we both got suspended, and at the same time, because of that fight, I could not be uh, valedictorian of the class. I was wow. going to be valedictorian, give a speech and all that, but because of that fight, I could not do it. And I lost out on that opportunity, 
And you know what I'm saying? I almost risked my chance of going to Metro, which is number one in the state. <laughs> Yeah. So going from the bottom to the top, I almost missed all that because of a stupid decision that I made. Yeah. You know what That's I'm saying? Quick so, pressure. Huh? Is it quick pressure? Yeah, because like every, okay, it was a lot of instigators in the fight. You know what I'm saying? Like that she even bought it to social media and like my other friend, they all bought it to social media. They're like, oh my gosh, yeah, da, da, da. She posted a screenshot, this, that, and third. And I'm like, look. Let me handle this. Right. I was like, look, because. The only reason I really fought her was because she said she's gonna beat me up. And that, that and sometimes me, it's better to walk away. Yeah, exactly. Like that's what that's one thing my grandfather told me. He was like, it was after fight. He said, don't ever because at the same time I was the one like because everybody's like, oh my gosh, y'all gonna fight, y'all gonna fight. It was after lunch, and I was like, okay, she's gonna have to meet me in the bathroom then. And then we fought in the bathroom. Yeah. Like that was. Very much not like me. I didn't want to be identified as that person that, oh my God, she she go off all the time. She this, that, but third. But you felt you had to prove a point. Right. So. Like, I didn't want to be the punk. I didn't want to be the one person that's like, oh, she let anybody talking about her any kind of way. But at this point in time, I'm really just like, if they don't clap, they don't clap. Right. And Period. so life experience have right. life experience have taught you most of the people who do all the talking ain't gonna do nothing. Exactly. Like if I wouldn't have uh, went to the bathroom first, she would have never said nothing. So have you seen her since then? Like, no, because like even like okay, so we fell out at one point in time a little bit before that, and then the day we were supposed to fight, she was already in the counselor's office. Telling the counselor saying, oh, and then like when we when I got there, she was saying, oh, I'm sorry, I mean this, that, and the third. And the counselor's trying to get me to apologize, but me wanting to act all hard. I was like, nah, I ain't apologize for nothing. She did it, da da da, you know, trying to act all hard. But at the end of the day, like after the fight and all that, I got to talk to my grand my pop my grandfather. He was a deacon at church, and he was <laughs> telling me, he was like, okay, this yeah. is not right. You can't do this, even if they want to fight. It Just ain't up to away. you. It's not your fault. You have a greater purpose here than to sit up here and be fighting yeah. in the girls' bathroom. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Like you didn't go through all this at Gateman just to come out and not go to Metro. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like it, Metro is number one in the state. You finna risk your opportunities. Because you want to look hard for some people you ain't gonna never see again in your life. Right. And from middle school, I've only seen like two or three more people. Wow. And I stay in contact with one, and I haven't even talked to her in so much from now. Wow. So it's like I did all that for what? Yeah. You know. Wow. You end up. At least your granddaddy gave you great. Great advice. Yeah, because sometimes when you're going through peer pressure, you get around some adults that'll give you some of the messed up advice. Mm -hmm. And as a young person, you have to dig down deep and. Just kind of, you know what I'm saying? Is uh, I say pray. I think it's very important for young people to pray. Yeah. Because when you encounter people your age, you have no idea how them people are living behind them walls. You have no idea. It's children that are being molested or raped. It's children that are starving. It's children that have to do what they have to do. It's children that got to sleep next, next to their crackhead mama to make sure that she don't die out and leave them again. Mm -hmm. So then they come to, and, and, and they, they'll come and they interact with us, children that haven't experienced that, you know. So what I've done with my kids, I, I tell them the truth. I don't sugarcoat. That's right. Because when y'all get around y'all friends, your friends give you no sugarcoat. They tell y'all how it is, and a lot of times, what I experienced growing up with peer pressure is sex. Cause you got this little girl like, ooh, girl, he did this, and she'll be a virgin the whole time, but talking about what she doing with a little boy. 
that's not cool. Right. It's they not do, cool. They do that a lot. It's, it's, it's cool to wait. They make it seem, because once you give it away, you don't get it back. You don't get it back, or you hear people saying, you, you, people will be peer pressured and people die from that stuff. People say, you, you only live once. That is so untrue. You die once. You live every day. You got one life, because whatever you do with your life as a young person, it's going to follow you into your adulthood. Yes, Lord. You ever seen a crackhead that used to smoke crack when they was young? Then you see them as a, 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 an adult and they sober. They usually come to the church, be the loudest in the church, be the most judgmental in the church. Damn. I'm a church baby. I grew up in church all my life. So I done seen the good and the bad. Uh, me dealing with people and being hurt by people, I don't really give in to peer pressure. And I have my own identity. I don't want to fit in. Like, even like in the poetry world. There is a lot of going, things going on in the point. I don't want to fit in. God said, create your table, I'm a blessing. Mm-hmm. So I created the table. And that's what we doing. We walking on faith all 2021, 2020. What do you mean? <laughs> we ain't giving into no peer pressure and static flow. Going, they they going to run it. I'm just saying, that's what y'all going to do. Y'all on y'all way to college. Oh, and one thing I feel like really helped me with my peer pressure was one of my substitute teachers was really there for me. Like, like I know my grandfather couldn't always be there for me because he was at home, but she was at school. And I really felt like I had a strong connection with her because that same day when I had that fight, she came, pulled me out of class. We had a long talk. talk yeah. We cried. And I really felt like that stuck me. And it still stick with me today. Wow. You can see the passion when you talk. Yeah, about when she it. said that, I'm yeah. looking in her eyes. You can see whatever she said to you, it, it, it helps you. Because what hap- what I've noticed is in like the uh the school systems, the regular schools, yeah. St. Louis public schools, mm-hmm. those young people deal with a lot of peer pressure. You got these little boys wanna fit in with these grown men and these radios, these these these, these music videos. Yeah. These little boys out here killing on the GTA. And they think that's cool. It's not cool to die. That's not reality. Like, how, how is it cool for you to lose your life at 25, at 21, at 22? How is that cool? How are you leaving your family behind because you a G? That's not a G. A G would live. You know, and that's then right. we got the girls running behind these boys. Because you see your friend with a dope deal, or you see, no. No. It's not cute at all. Oh, what, what is, why is it cute to explode? Exploit and expose ourselves. Why is that cute? How is that cute? How is that good for you to want to do what you see her doing? If you see she doing it and you see she hitting a brick wall, Don't you're going to get it. the same results. That, that, that's brick wall action. And I know this is going to sound just cliche, but this is the word of God. All things. What's it? Nothing. Say nothing. Nothing. All things. Nothing what no. No, something, only thing for Christ will last, I'm saying the wrong way. Yeah. Say it. Yeah, you paraphrased. Did I say it, right? yeah. say, it, say it the right way for me, though, Pastor. I have to, uh, now you put me on the spot. Uh, <laughs> only thing that you do for Christ will last. Yeah. yeah. So, at the end of the day, you can't take nothing with you. And, like, even as him, as a pastor, his job is servitude. Yeah. But us, that's our job, it's servitude. To serve other people, to uplift other people. What's the use of having the experience and not share with anyone else? 
How do you help someone if you don't share it? Don't share it. When you when you overcame peer pressure, you don't even know who you just helped saying what happened to you. Because somebody always watching you. Yeah. It's hard. Like, it's so hard try, just being young because I've been young. And so what happens is, and then like those same people that was bullies and stuff when we was young, they adult bullies. They bullying people all over the internet. I watch it. I watch, I watch the bullies. I watch them. I watch the grown people bullying. So whatever you do, whatever you practice right now, as a youth, it's going to follow you into your adulthood. Yep. Because one thing, a habit, once you create a habit, a habit is hard to break. And if you a flunky, which is a person that give in to peer pressure, you're going to be doing that for life. Yep. And you're going to know who they are. Because as soon as they friend come around, oh, Lord, shut up, my tape. I got to see As soon as they... I mean, I wouldn't say it like that. They're going to fold when someone comes around. Every time someone comes around, they're going to fold. Um, okay, so... You guys don't hear a lot from Comfort of Static Flow, so we're going to talk to Comfort today. Uh, I want to introduce you to our ladies one by one. Our subject was peer pressure. Mrs. Comfort didn't say anything. Mrs. Comfort didn't say nothing, so we're going to talk to Comfort now. Hi, tell us something about yourself, Comfort. What's your name? Yeah, so my name is Comfort Noggin, and I'm a senior at Metro High School. Where are you from? Where am I from? Uh, my parents, they were born in um, America in the 1990s. Okay. Uh, what's your poetry name? What's your poetry name? Oh, my poetry name is Authentic because I'm a genuine, authentic person. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, how did you come up with that name? Uh, is it a character or what, what is it? Yeah, this is basically what I was saying about like I'm, I'm solid, I'm a genuine person. When I say something, I mean it. I'm not vague. I don't. Okay. Yeah. I like yeah. that. Maybe solid right there. See, that's see, and, and that's what you dealing with with static flow and rhythm and words. We got solid individuals on here. What she said. <laughs> and another thing, you in my business. Don't do that. Okay. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. All right. So we gonna have uh, authentic hit you guys with the poem. After she hits you with the poem, uh, anybody else got questions for authentic? Let's 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 learn about her today. Yeah. How long have you been in Metro? Uh, since my freshman year. Okay. Uh, when you go to college, do you, have you decided on a college you're going to? Not yet. Okay. What do you want to? What do you want to? What do you want to do after you leave high school? Uh, start a business. Do you know what kind? Um, not not specifically. Okay. You just know you want to be a business owner. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how long have you been in America? I was born in Texas. Oh, okay. We love you, St. Louis. <laughs> we just gonna say that. When uh, dealing with peer pressure, have you had to deal with peer pressure, or because we know that, like, being that, because our cultures are different, and you have some of your traditional cultures. Well, in home, it may be all tradition. Oh, okay, so it's like over here as well. But when I guess, like, when you have you dealt with peer pressure or have you dealt with things at school and when you went home, your parents see a difference in you? What do they say? Like, have you dealt with that? 
Um, I don't know. The only thing I can think of is peer pressure with music. Because, um, like, don't get me wrong, I love hip-hop, I love turning up, I love, you know, good songs. But when you actually sit down and, like, listen to what the rappers are saying, Period. they really are just talking about killing somebody and talking about... Degrading women. Right, degrading yes. women, talking about doing drugs and, like, all stuff and, like... That is not cool. Right, it's really, it really not just, true. it bothers me because, like, I know that... Like, I can't say that for my parents. And, like, if I want to play that song, I can't play it for my parents because it's not something that they would want to listen to. So I don't even listen to it myself. It, you know, it, it doesn't feel right in my spirit because I'm like, why am I listening to this? Okay. I'm, I'm just sitting here listening to somebody planning on killing somebody or talking about how he killed somebody. It's like, it's not right. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, that is authentic. Okay, oh, uh, she wanna say something. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I wanted to say, Come up a little bit. Yeah. I wanted to say what I thought about I want I wanna say what I think about people. Can you say your name and how old you are? Uh, my name is Lailor and I am eleven years old. Okay. I think peer pressure is when you it's when you give yourself to someone else. And when you give yourself to the people surrounding you. And you let them into your inner circle. And you give them your trust. And they take advantage of that trust. It's definitely right. It's definitely right. So what do you do after you've been in the peer pressure? Like if, after you experience it, how do you get out that situation? advice would you ladies give her to get out of peer, a peer pressure situation? Oh. No. I would say no. You just yeah. say no. Yeah. If you are in a situation and you know it is not right for you, no. And you walk away. It doesn't matter what anyone say, how they say it, your safety, your peace of mind is first and foremost. And integrity. Integrity is the, the, the act of doing things when no one is watching the right way. Integrity should keep you away from some people. You, you see what I'm saying? So what happens is, is that when you grow up in a certain household, because I'm, I'm not going to say I'm strict, but when I lost everything, I just literally lost it, but I had already set a foundation for my kids. So when they had to go to grandmother's house or something, they still had those rules I had set in. And those prayers, because praying is very important for young people. You guys have to deal with a lot. Uh, uh, I'm sorry you guys I got excited because the baby was talking so uh, actually okay so do anybody have anything to combat what she was saying about peer pressure how does she defeat yeah. the peer pressure how does, how does she stop it well maybe you can like stick with your morals you know like if something goes against your morals or what you believe in especially if you're a Christian or anything just uh, like you said say no to it uh, turn the other cheek um yeah, just stick to your morals and like be yourself. And if those people don't like who you genuinely are, then they're not your friends. 
you know, because most people, uh, if they're truly your friend, they like you for who you are rather than like a facade you play or something. Definitely. And um, I'll say before the peer pressure even start, just like the type of person you are, surround yourself around people that benefit you and that help you Definitely. become a better person and vice versa that way. Don't surround yourself with people. I'm not trying to say this to offend nobody, but yeah. Lord, don't surround yourself with people that you know that you are better than, not necessarily like, oh, I'm better than them, but mentally that you're better than and you're more mature than you need to surround yourself with people that'll help you and that'll benefit you and that want to see you do good. So, yeah. Yeah, another thing I want to say is, I mean, if you don't know what to say, just don't say anything. Like, if if they want to ignore you, that's okay. Let them ignore you because at the end of the day, you know that you're doing what's best for you. It's cool. Okay, so, uh, we're going to have authentic to hit us with an authentic poem. Endurance by Cynthia Buhan Bello. Our life is woven with adversity and the race is really a marathon. Endurance requires persistence. Only the tough keep running on. What challenge is there in passivity, empty of excitement and victory? I would rather run battles scared to see. I'm over my mountains and I've crossed my seas. So rather than sit in the bench and watch, I move on with hope and determination. My dreams and hopes are all mine to catch. Each step I'm getting closer to my aspirations. Level mountains parted seas. When turmoil comes, there is a way. The troubles may not all cease, but God gives strength for every day. All right, that's rhythm and words with static flow and authentic is going to take us out. Just thank everybody for the show. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, thank everybody for coming. Um, today was fun. We had an interesting conversation. Real good advice about peer pressure and real stories from real people who have actually been through it. And yeah, have a have a good evening, everyone.